Hey guys, welcome back to Your Purpose is Beauty. My name is Mercedes, and I'm sitting down to record today's episode on Sunday, April 5th. I continue to feel like it's important for you to know when I'm recording because there's usually about a week lag time between when I record and when you hear an episode. And given the ever-changing quick pace of how events are evolving, I feel like you should know when I'm recording. Today, we're going to talk about some disappointing products. These are products in the, I think, almost entirely eco-beauty space across skincare, makeup, I have a little bit of body care and a small amount of hair care that have been collecting. I would say I have had this bag going maybe over the last year. I'm going to talk about why these products didn't work for me and why I just kind of don't think that they are great products. There's a few disclaimers with content like this. These are pretty popular videos on YouTube that happen, and they're generally very popular and well-received because for the most part, bloggers and influencers really shy away from critically talking about products. This is often because they have received products for free as PR samples, and it makes them uncomfortable, I guess, to talk what could be perceived as negatively about a product, or they just don't want to jeopardize a relationship that they have with a brand. However, I do think that there are very thoughtful ways to assess products. And to me, you just really have to cover the whole spectrum. And it's very useful information for consumers to have. This isn't to say that these products are terrible across the board for everybody. I can see that they could have utility for some people given preferences or skin type or any number of other things. So the most important thing is to not get offended If I talk about something that you really love, it's certainly not meant to make anybody feel bad. This is really just my experience with the products and I want to share it. If you missed last week's episode, it's because it was a patron exclusive episode. The first Monday of every month is an episode that's exclusive to the L'Amore La Musique Patreon community. I did basically a vlog in podcast form, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. It was just a day in my life, my family's life under quarantine. So I talked through everything from the minute that I wake up in the morning to the minute that I go to bed at night. I talked about everything from skincare routines to meals that I prepare for myself and my husband, Kave, and our baby the activities that we do, what I do in the evening after the baby goes to bed, which includes work, but also I was able to share a bit about some online shopping and orders that I'm doing, both as a way to keep a little more content going and also as a way to support some small brands that I really want to keep supporting during this challenging time. That level on Patreon is $3 per month, and that gives you access to all of the past patron-exclusive podcast episodes I've done. You get a private RSS link and it shows up as just a separate feed in your podcast player of choice, or you can listen directly on Patreon. At that $3 level too, I post quite a bit at that level. I repost Instagram stories or Instagram TV videos. So if you're not on Instagram and you want to take advantage of all of that archived content, that's over there. And then for the patron exclusive video poll for the month of April closed. And the option that won is a video all about Dan Chan's own facial reflexology, which has been a natural outgrowth of my Consawant project. So the last piece of content that I'll alert you to before we start talking about all of these disappointing products today 
is I published my 24 Days of Console Wand project recap overview. I showed some before and after photos. I just talked about what the experience was like and where it led me. So that's on YouTube for you to go see. I will also in the show notes post a playlist of all of the past disappointing products that I have done on YouTube to date. I've probably over the last, you know, however many years I've been making content, I don't know, probably upwards of eight to 10 disappointing products videos I've done over the years. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Please find a way to let me know what you think. If you want to send me an Instagram DM, I'd love to hear from you in email, lamorelamusique at gmail.com. Enough rambling. And I need, I, you know what I want to do actually, as I say, no more rambling. I really want to start a newsletter that I send out just once a month, recapping kind of all the different content that I've done and where you can find it. I feel like it would be better than constantly having to reiterate and share those things. But I think that's just part of being a content creator. Okay, let's talk about these products. We're going to start with skincare because skincare is always the most popular thing that people want to talk about. Two things in here probably won't be that surprising. They are from Drunk Elephant, which I would still consider to be an eco brand. They're a more mainstream eco brand because they're carried in Sephora. They were sold to, I believe, Shiseido. Is that right? sometime in the last year for a lot of bucks, but I've never liked this brand, I'll be honest. I think when they first came out, I thought the marketing was really ingenious, like the branding and the marketing of the products was really ingenious. The performance of the products I feel has always really lacked for me, but I've had very thoughtful conversations about this brand with people who quite like the products. The products that were sitting in my disappointing products bag were from the Sephora birthday gift from last year. So 2019, I guess it's the Proteiny Polypeptide Cream and the Best Number 9 Jelly Cleanser. I tried both of them. In fact, a lot of people had told me that they think the Proteiny Cream is really, really great. Other Drunk Elephant products I've tried include the Hydra. I've tried the Marula Oil. I think I've tried the Baby Facial. Here and there, I've come across samples and tried things. I truthfully, I'm just going to be completely honest, these products feel like a drugstore quality to me. And that's not even a bad thing. I don't mean it as a dig, but for the price point, I just don't feel like you're getting that elevated of an experience. But the compelling reasons I've heard people say that they like Drunk Elephant or they think that it's could be a good, I guess you could say, gateway for people who may be used to using, I don't know, more conventional skincare like Neutrogena or something, this would probably feel like a big step up and like a big step in a more positive direction to someone that's just starting to get attuned to eco or organic skincare. But I think when you're used to using more artisanal brands, and again, please, I really don't want this to sound like elitist or anything, but when you start using brands that are more artisanal, they're doing you know slow beauty herbal infusions and macerations, the quality and experience of those kinds of brands is so much more elevated than something like Drunk Elephant. So Drunk Elephant just doesn't necessarily hold a candle in my opinion. However, I could see that perhaps for people with sensitive skin, they could be good. I do think that they're somewhat performance-oriented. And if you just have skin that needs something kind of simple, straightforward, 
perhaps somewhat elevated depending on the skincare perspective you're coming from. They could be good, but I just have always felt that there's so much more out there as far as skincare and I've just never really liked their products that much. Next, I have a travel size of the Indie Lee Rose Hip Cleanser. I used this only, I believe, once or twice. This used to actually be one of Indie Lee's best-selling products, I want to say. It was very, very popular, well-loved product. I believe they reformulated it because if you go on and read the reviews of this, they really took a nosedive and a lot of people are talking about how the reformulation kind of wrecked the product. So it's basically a gel cleanser and when I used it, it stung my skin. Now I do have a tendency to experience reactions to certain products quite often actually, but this also dried my skin out in a way that was just not good. Very similar to something like the Unicorn Jelly Cleanser, I think that's what that's called. Very weird gimmicky product that I think is patently just a bad product. And in fact, it's been in past disappointing products videos. This wasn't quite that bad, but I really didn't like this at all. I guess if you are very oily or combination, it might be okay. Indeely in general, I think does do some nice products. Beauty Heroes recently started carrying them. And in fact, they make my husband Kaveh's very, very favorite day cream that he's ever used. And he's tried so many that I just push towards him because I don't really use day creams. But yeah, this Indie Lee Rosehip Cleanser was a huge fail and I was very excited to try it because it has good word of mouth, but it just, it totally did not work for my skin. Okay, I have a mask by Tata Harper. It's the Hydrating Floral Mask. This is a, I just gave it a whiff. Oh man, every time I smell Tata Harper products, it's just very, very nostalgic for me. She was one of the very first brands back in 2012 or so that I remember using and her products were in completely different packaging and those are like the good old days. So I have been on and off over the years with the Tata Harper resurfacing mask. It's a very gentle acid exfoliation type of mask. It's really nice to have on the skin. It's like this I don't know, very cooling gel, jelly-like product. And you can leave it on for five to 10 minutes and it does give you just a very kind of immediate radiance. It's nothing super special, but I do think it's nice and I have liked it over the years. I felt like the hydrating floral mask did nothing and I expected it to be just sort of at least a different or parallel version of the Tata Harper resurfacing mask, but it just didn't really do anything. I didn't enjoy using it. It made no discernible difference to my skin. It just seems like the brand is trying to differentiate its product line and it's somewhat redundant, to be honest. I don't think that this is even needed in the brand's range. So I have an eye product. It's the Skin Owl Eye Plus Nourishing and Youth Stimulating Eye Concentrate. Again, sample size. Forget where I got this. Probably a Credo perk or a detox market sample or something. So it actually still smells pretty good. And this is probably over a year old. I don't know how old it is. It has a very, I don't know, sort of light, very light cucumber smell. It's a very bouncy jelly, like a gelée type almost. So in principle or in theory, I really thought that I would like this product because first of all, I love eye products. I know a lot of people think they're really superfluous in a skincare routine, but 
you know, and I'm not necessarily a routine maximalist, but I do love a good eye product. And most of the eye-specific products in definitely in the eco space, but I would say, well, yeah, definitely in the eco space, they tend to be oils, like an eye oil rollerball type of product. So finding something that's more a gel or a jelly is a little bit more novel. And I think that that holds a lot of appeal, especially as part of a morning skincare routine, because you know, everyone's a little bit puffy in the morning. You just want a product that's going to depuff and cool and wake you up. And yeah, this is a very enjoyable part of a morning skincare routine, in my opinion. It's difficult to find a product like I'm describing more in sort of the gel, hydrogel type of formulation that's going to deliver the right amount of hydration while also sinking into the skin in case you want to wear makeup. So that is a problem, I think, with using eye products during the day. For example, I really love the Arcona Eye Dew, which is a very sort of sticky but ultra hydrating and also somewhat cooling eye product designated to be used in the morning, but I've never been able to use that product in the morning. It's definitely a PM eye product for me. I've repurchased it so many times. More recently, I really like the Biosense Squalene and Peptide Eye Gel, which actually performs so beautifully as a morning eye gel type of product. That's the one I would recommend. I would not recommend the Skin L one. It's stung. Again, I just, I get, it could just be me, but I have also heard other people say that this product is not that hydrating, irritating to some people around the eyes. And, you know, I generally really like Skin Owl. I love the Skin Whip, RIP, the Maki Berry Beauty Drops. Gosh, I wish she would never have discontinued those, even though I understand why she did. Really fun, interesting brand, but the I Plus really missed the mark for me. I tried it too because I really wanted it to work. And it, not even like stung, it almost burned the skin around my eyes. So I'd be curious if I am the only one that feels that way. But if you had a similar experience with that product, let me know. Okay. I have a sample of the Osha Hyaluronic Serum. I got this as a sample one time when I was in Credo. I remember actually very vividly. It was last spring. I took the baby who was at the time, maybe four months old, just to get out of the house. I wanted to go deposit some makeup empties at Credo. We have a brick and mortar store here in Chicago in Wicker Park. And I was in the market for a new hydrating hyaluronic type of serum. My previous holy grail product in that category is the Provise Nutrify 1 to 6 tonic. However, that product has been reformulated for years now, and I really do not care for the reformulation. So I've always been looking for products to fill that step. My skin does really quite well with hyaluronic acid. I know not everybody's does. I went in actually looking for the Patika. I think it's spelled P-A-T-Y-K-A. It's a French skincare brand, and they do a hyaluronic plumping serum that I thought would be really good for me. However, Credo stopped carrying Patika. By the way, I also for a very long time pronounced that brand Patika, but I do think it is Patika. (laughs) Okay. So I was chatting it up with a friend of mine that works at, or used to work at Credo. And I would sort of check in with him every time I was there. He would alert me to what was new. And I think he directed me, or could have been someone else that was working there, to the OSHA Hyaluronic Serum. So I've tried things from OSHA on and off. And I know that, again, I'm just going to sound like a Debbie Downer, but I just, I don't understand this brand. I'm not attracted to it at all. I've tried a bunch of the body care products. I've tried some of the skincare products. Beauty Heroes has featured them in years past. 
they don't excite me. I don't like the branding. The performance is very blah to me. It's just not for me, but I see a lot of people really liking some of their stuff. So, you know, that's wonderful. True to my feelings about this brand for me, the hyaluronic serum did very little. As far as hyaluronic serums go, I didn't even feel it was that hydrating. I just felt like the performance was really lacking. Definitely not for me. If you are in need of a hyaluronic serum, I would direct your attention to this month's April Beauty Heroes box featuring the Australian brand Mook Tea, which is featuring a blue tansy marine hyaluronic product that's very, very effective, along with a physical exfoliant type of scrub. At the time you're hearing this, I am not sure if I will have published my monthly review of that box on YouTube, but it will be imminently or around the time that you're hearing this episode. And then also, I believe at the time you're hearing this, the Boxwalla April box featuring the Monastery Made products, Aloe, which is a hyaluronic acid product, and XX, which is a glycolic acid exfoliant product, should still be available. I know the deadline was extended through April 20th or until the boxes run out. Okay, two more skincare products, and then I have to chop chop because I've already been recording for a long time. Okay, the Aurelia Cell Revitalized Day Moisturizer. Again, this was a sample, I believe, from Beauty Habit. They carry this brand. Credo also carries this brand. Their main selling point is that they're a probiotic skincare brand. So I've never really looked into the science of their formulation or what they're including to make it prebiotic, probiotic, whatever it is their kind of selling point is. You know, I'm not a day cream person to begin with for the most part, except for the free and true Mama Pacha. That is the best day cream I have probably ever used. So that's saying a lot as someone that doesn't really like to use day creams very much. This Aurelia one was very forgettable, I guess would be the nicest way to say it. Not super moisturizing, pretty lightweight. So I guess if you are oily and you want to use a day cream, it would be one to consider. But I just think that there are far better ones out there. Also, though, sometimes it can be very hard to assess products when they're in a travel size form. And sometimes the full experience of a product you really do need to get through having a full size, using it over an extended period of time. I'm not going to do that with this. And in fact, one of my good girlfriends had picked up within the last year or so, or year and a half maybe, I remember had told me that she was in Credo and she had picked up a bunch of new skincare, including several Aurelia products. And I remember asking her about them and she's like, yeah, they're very lackluster. They really don't do much. I think she got a cleanser, a mask, uh, maybe a serum, and she was really not that impressed either. So it could just be that the brand does not really deliver in terms of performance. Okay, the last thing in the skincare category is, again, a little sample of the Eight Faces Boundless Solid Oil. I I don't know. Like I, I think the presentation of the product and even the concept behind the brand is somewhat appealing. So they're a single product brand. There are a couple of these types of brands out there. It's not that common, but for example, Nucifera or Nucifaria, although they have since expanded and added a few additional products. They used to just have that one coconut oil product that could be used as like a cleanser, a moisturizer, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the Eight Faces, I guess it's like they say solid oil, but it's basically a balm that melts into an oil on contact with the skin. You know, I feel like I've seen Katie Deno, that makeup artist, talk about how much she likes this. 
For such a simple product that actually has a relatively long ingredient list, it's shea butter, cocoa seed butter, amla fruit extract, beeswax, babassu, coconut. So it has a lot of nourishing ingredients. You know, I don't know. I tried to use it as like a balm on my hands. I tried to use it as like spot treating places on my face. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I feel like there are products like this that I just think are are much better and more high performing. You know, more recently, something like the Infiore Flurvy Bronze Serum Serrate, I think, serves the purpose that this would serve. Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on other things off the top of my head, but really kind of like any balm, like the Lapar Beauty Balm or the Inlight Line Softener, I guess they're not as solid, but I don't really, I guess maybe the the crux of the issue for me is I don't really care for solid balms that much. I prefer much looser balms, Carrie Grand Essential Balm, Lapar Beauty Balm, like I'm saying, Inlight Line Softener those types of balms I really like. Okay, before we start talking about makeup, I have, this is sort of a good transitional category. They are lip treatments, lip products, lip treatments. So you could argue that they're sort of part skincare, but also part makeup. So the first thing, such a bummer because I generally really like this brand. It's the Henne Organics Lip Mask. I bought this product under duress when I was about... I don't know, two or three months postpartum. If anyone has had a baby listening, you know that one of the main side effects of having a baby or part of the postpartum healing period is you get very dry. You get very dry skin. You get a very dry scalp. You lose your hair, which is a separate thing. You can get very dry lips, dry eyes, because having a baby has really like messed with the fluid levels in your body and basically like every part of your organ system and things like that. So it just takes a while for your body to kind of start relubricating, is my understanding. And also there's you know ways in Chinese medicine and Ayurveda that herbs can help with this and things like that. Anyway, tangent. I had the driest lips I've ever had in my entire life. I They were just cracked and bleeding, especially on the corners of my mouth. I looked like the Joker. It was just a very not good situation. So I was desperate to find something that would work. I shelled out $38 for this Henne lip mask. It actually made my lips more dry. Um, I think it was too irritating. And I just needed something that was more occlusive and more just didn't have as many potential irritants in it. So I I don't know. I haven't tried this since I, I, I don't know. I maybe used like an eighth of this product and it just, it did absolutely nothing. And in fact, irritated my lips more as I'm saying. So I ended up finding the most success with the Laneige Lip Sleeping Mask, which is not, you know, technically an eco or a green product. I didn't really care. I just wanted something that was going to heal my lips and that definitely does. So if you are in my boat, I would direct you to the Laneige Lip Sleeping Mask for sure. So the Henne Lip Scrubs I really like. I think that she has also recently come out with like, I don't know, a hand cream, maybe some other lip products. I wouldn't be totally averse to trying them, but this lip mask is is was abjectly bad for me. Another product that I have a couple of actually that made my lips worse, like put my lips in worse condition, is the Audacity Aventurine Kiss Lip Serum. This has vitamin C and CoQ10. I wanted to love this product because dang, is it beautiful. It's it's in a rollerball. I'm not sure if it's because the oil is like this light aqua color, but the rollerball tip is like a light aqua color. 
It smells like kind of minty from what I remember. Yeah, it has like a sort of a minty effervescence. I guess when you roll it on initially, it's okay, but it actually doesn't stay on the lips very long at all. And it dried my lips out. Like I just thought it put my lips in worse condition than they were before I used it, similar to this Henne lip mask. I don't know like why, if that's just me, but I have had so much more success recently with the 12 Beauty Hyaluroyal Lip Treatment. So to me, that's where I would direct you. If you want like a very moisturizing, very aesthetically beautiful lip serum in a rollerball, the 12 Beauty one is fantastic. I actually used it in a recent IGTV video I did just talking about like, I think I showcased five or six products to just look fresh and awake when you're at home under quarantine and not really doing anything and you don't want to put on a full face of makeup. That product is so nice. But yeah, this Audacity Aventuring Kiss Lip Serum is not good. Lastly, this kind of is a bummer, but the Meow Meow Tweet Sweet Orange Tangerine Vegan Lip Balm. So this came as part of the Beauty Heroes Living Lighter Discovery, and it was paired with the Meow Meow Tweet Grapefruit Baking Soda-Free Deodorant, which has gone on to become a very favorite product of mine. I've repurchased it multiple times. Works wonderfully. This lip balm I actually quite liked for the first maybe month or so I was using it. It's in a very oversized cardboard push pop tube, which is great. Like I love that the packaging is recyclable. It's not in plastic. The product initially was really nice, but then what ended up happening, I think what I'll do is maybe try and take a picture and post it somewhere. The product developed like a bubbling on top almost. So what I think can happen with certain balms is if they undergo temperature fluctuations or it can be part of the formulation process, like there can be almost like a crystallization, but it just looks like kind of bubbled up and like there's hardened particles that are sort of lodged in the balm and it just basically stopped performing well at all. So that's why it's a disappointing product, not necessarily because it was bad performance-wise, but because the product deteriorated very quickly for me. So I'm going to talk about the makeup products in order in which I would apply them to my face, just to give us a little bit of organization. So first up... Again, such a bummer because I forked out a lot of money on this product. The Chantecaille Just Skin Tinted Moisturizer with Broad Spectrum SPF 15. This is, I can say officially, I think, the last product that was on my wish list that was kind of a holdout from the glory days of YouTube when I was just, would go to bed dreaming about certain like makeup products and brushes that I had seen on channels like Viviana Does Makeup before she was the Anna Edit or old school Estee Lalonde when she used to be, was that her channel called something else before it was Estee Lalonde? Anyway, you know, I've been watching YouTube for a very long time. Obviously the space has changed so much. A lot of YouTubers, especially the British girls, really loved the Chantecaille Just Skin Tinted Moisturizer. I do believe it has undergone some reformulations because I found this to be totally nothing special, totally not worthy of the 70 plus dollar price tag for, let's see, 1.7 fluid ounces of product. It's in a tube and you do get, I guess, a fair amount of product. If I liked it, I guess it could be, would have been worth it. I have this in the shade Bliss, which was actually a little too light for me, which is really weird because often... I'm like the probably the second lightest shade in most shade ranges. I'm right around an NC20. 
I guess you could consider it more of a light foundation than a tinted moisturizer. I did decide to pick it up because it doesn't have any chemical SPFs in it. It's 100%, I believe, titanium dioxide for the SPF protection at 10.157%. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I like the Integrity so much more. I like the Juice Beauty CC Cream so much more. Totally disappointed that I spent the money I did on this product and I can't really for the life of me understand why it's so hyped. Okay, I have a couple of illuminating products. This one is like very old. It was from the last Pettivore order I made, which was definitely probably a year ago. It's this brand called Connie, I want to say, Connie Botanicals. And I picked up a sample of their Galaxy Milk Illuminating Beauty Oil. So it's basically a liquid highlighter, but in like an oil form. So, oh my God, it was terrible, you guys, like terrible. I mean, I feel bad, but it just, it gives you like that Tin Man highlight look. I remember like obvious sparkle, even worse than something like the K.R. Weiss cream highlighters, which are often criticized, or at least they used to be. Maybe K.R. Weiss has changed their highlight formulation, but the most sort of sparkly, glittery highlight I ever had was the K.R. Weiss uh, I forget the. I had the lighter sort of champagne cool-toned highlight that Kara Weiss does. I, I'm blanking on what it was called. Actually really liked it. I mean, I didn't wear it on my cheeks all that often, but sometimes I would. I would more use it as like a, an inner corner highlight or even on the lids. It was so beautiful. This is just like sparkly. Like unless you're going to a rave, which do people even go to raves anymore? I guess I used to go to some warehouse parties in Brooklyn like five years ago, but... Yeah. Anyway, I don't even think you would wear this to that anymore, but maybe on Halloween or something or or Burning Man. Anyway, and also the product turned very quickly. So it got very unusable after not very long, like maybe a month. So highly disappointing. And then the Well People Bio Brightener Stick in Moonstone. So this is one of the unfortunate things that happened when Well People underwent their big reformulation. A bunch of their formulas changed because before that, I loved so many of their products. I loved the Narcissist Foundation Stick. I loved the bronzer. I loved the highlighter. So good. They were just such good, high-performing cream products. And I don't like any of those things now that they do. The only Well People products I really still like are the Pressed powder bronzer. It's called the Well People Baked Bio Bronzer. I love that product. It was actually in my 2019 beauty favorites, which I'll link in the show notes if you want to go check it out. And then more recently, I like their second mascara release, the volumizing one. I don't like the original mascara that they do at all, the lengthening one. The volumizing one is excellent. So yeah, I don't know. They changed the formula of the highlight. It's not nearly as pretty. It doesn't sink into the skin as well. And yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty disappointing. <laughs> Okay, as far as face color, I don't know. I guess, yeah, this is definitely disappointing. This came in a past Detox Market bundle. So you know how Detox Market does these gift with purchase bundles or they do these seasonal bundles. They do an annual Best in Green Beauty box, which actually may have been what this was in. The RMS Beauty Signature Set Mod Collection. So it's a little palette. It's kind of all white opaque square white packaging. You open it up and there are four squares plus a little strip of balm. So it includes Living Luminizer, Master Mixer, Spell Lip to Cheek, which is like a dusty rose sort of color, and Smile Lip to Cheek, which is like a bright 
orangey, cherry red, very similar actually to sacred, which I really like. And then they also include the Simply Cocoa Lip and Skin Balm. I was excited about this. I mean, RMS is one of those brands, again, brings up a lot of nostalgia for me, similar to Tata Harper. But just the way the brands have evolved in the green beauty space, you know, it, it's a much broader conversation, you know, how, how brands interact on social media. It's kind of a whole thing. And I don't really have the time to deal with it here. But RMS, I do still like certain things. And I gave this palette like a very fair test. In fact, I have loved a living luminizer in the past. I've used, I don't know, probably two or three pots all the way up over the years. I currently actually have the Champagne Rosé Luminizer that I really, really like. However, I don't know like if these brands are changing their formulations or like I'm changing my perspective on products. I don't know, but I just didn't feel like this performed nearly as well as Living Luminizer I've had in the past or even the cream color products like the Spell Lip to Cheek or the Smile Lip to Cheek. I don't know, like the the formula just didn't feel as silky or blendable. I felt like the Living Luminizer was didn't give the same reflect. It wasn't sinking into the skin the same way. Master Mixer is just not for me. It's a very warm, I don't know, warm toned, almost like pseudo bronzer kind of color, but just basically too dark for me. Would be better on someone that has more yellow in their skin. And the balm, I just thought was like nothing special at all. It It's tough because sometimes when a product is not in its original packaging. Like if you put it into a palette, I guess it could adversely affect the performance, although you wouldn't necessarily think so. So I don't know, this palette was just kind of a miss for me and I tried to use it for months and I just never enjoyed it. Okay, we actually have a bunch of brow products to talk about. It's a very divisive category for me. So first up is something I feel like will probably be redundant for me to talk about, but they are the Glossier Boy Brows. Let's see, I have two clear and one in black. I mean, how many little glossy boy brows have I gone through over the years? The world may never know. I used this product for so many years until I made the connection that using this product was actually causing what can only be described as eyebrow dandruff. I don't know how else to describe it. I was having dry flaking skin in my eyebrows and I just never put two and two together that it was this product that was somehow irritating the skin or my brows or whatever, stopped using it, have never had a problem with that since. So I know that it was this and not something else that I was using. So after I transitioned away from boy brow, I went on to try several other brow gels to try and find something that would fill the niche. So they, two of them are in my disappointing products because I don't like them. The Hourglass Arch Brow Volumizing Fiber Gel. This again had very good word of mouth on YouTube. The brush is too big, I think is the problem. It's one of these brushes that it's similar, I think actually to the Ilia, both brow gel and mascara wand, where on one side, the bristles are very short and on the other side, they're longer. So you're just supposed to have, be able to use sort of different strokes and techniques or whatever to run the product through your brows. I got this in the shade Dark Brunette and it on. I didn't really like the tone. I didn't like the performance. I didn't think that it really did much at all for the brows and it's very overpriced for what it is. So definitely disappointing. Then I tried the Well People Brow Gel Expressionist. I have this in the shade Dark Brown. Again, the wand is just a hair too big. And the main problem with this is actually that the brush picks up way too much product and it just makes it very difficult to work with. 
even if you're wiping the brush off, it's also, you know, it really depends. Like a lot of times I do go for the darkest color in a brow gel and sometimes it works and then sometimes it doesn't. This is a case with the well people where it was like way too dark. So I probably could have tried the middle tone, but I don't know. It, it just deposited too much product. So the brows looked very kind of like wet and waterlogged and it dried in a semi-crunchy way. I just didn't, I didn't like it at all. So if you are curious, the brow product that I have settled on, that's actually a very, very strong parallel to the Glossier Boy Brow is the Juice Beauty Phyto Pigments Brow Gel. I think it's called, I get it in the darkest shade. Again, I think I included this in my 2019 favorites. But with caveats, because I really like it, but it's not a perfect product. It dries out very quickly. The brush actually doesn't deposit that much product. So you'll just have to keep in mind that I'm reviewing this or telling you about this with my preference. I just, I guess I just like a brow product to deposit a very minimal amount of product. I usually let that brow gel set and then I go in and fill in anywhere additionally that I need it with a brow pencil or powder. Speaking of which, I have two of those in here to tell you about. The first is the Kat Von D. Don't ask me why I have this. Kat Von D Brow Struck in Dark Brown. It's a dimension powder. So I was influenced by Stephanie Nicole on YouTube a couple of years ago, and I picked this up along with the Kat Von D Brow Brush. I don't know. I like, I tried to use it on and off. At first, I really liked it. And I think I just don't really like filling in my brows with a powder and a brush. I think I just prefer, like I'm saying, my brow gel set with a little bit of pencil or brow like definer to fill in, but not a powder. Also, the shade was a little dark in the dark brown. I probably could have gone with a lighter shade. Yeah, like I barely used it, but I just really didn't enjoy using it. I hate the packaging so much. It's I don't know, it's the only Kat Von D thing I've ever purchased and I just, I really, really don't like it. And then the other brow product that I actually decided to bite the bullet and include it here. And I think I'm probably going to stop using it. I've been using it up till now, but really like struggling and not enjoying it. And it was on the last Get Ready With Me on Patreon that I did last Friday, which by the way, I'm doing Get Ready With Me's every Friday morning. I had only been doing three a month and now I'm just having a weekly standing Get Ready With Me date at the live stream level on Patreon because, I don't know, it, everybody's home. I feel like it's really important to have that sense of community and connection right now. So I was using this and kind of complaining about it. And someone on the live stream was like, have you considered like maybe just, just cutting your ties with it because you'll probably feel liberated if you do that? And I was like, I know you're so right because that's like probably advice that I would give to somebody. I'm not sure. I haven't even told you what the product is. It's the Rowan Beauty Vow Brow. I have this in the shade medium. Again, I feel like I had told you guys with the Shantikai that that was the last time I fell prey to social media, YouTube hype over products, but it turns out that's not really true because I definitely did fall prey to picking up some Rowan Beauty products. And I wish that I had not because I don't think that they're very good for the most part. I picked up the Vow Brow the Disco Eye Universal, as well as the 52 Degree Cool Palette, I think in the last Sephora VIB sale. The only thing I really like is the 52 Degree Cool Palette. And those shadows work best as sort of a topper on top of other shadows. I returned the Disco and I wish I had returned the Vow Brow. It's basically the same thing as the Anastasia Brow Wiz, like the very thin brow product, but not as good. It's a very fine-tipped way to fill in brows. 
it deposits like no color. It's not quite waxy enough. It's not pigmented enough. It just like basically sucks. I really don't like it. I think if you want a product like this, you're better served for sure with the Anastasia Brow Wiz. One mascara, which is like, I haven't used this in so, so long, but it's the Glossier Lash Slick, which apparently I did try when it was released. I don't know. I kind of knew off the bat I wasn't going to like it. If you like a very, very, very natural lash, then maybe this is for you. It's a rubber bristle mascara wand, which I have never found one that really works for me. Yeah, I just, I don't know, a very disappointing mascara. There's not much more to say. Okay, a couple of lip products. I have three samples of the Care Weiss lip glosses. So I was quite excited to try these. I requested samples from Beauty Habit with an order that I had placed, and I got three samples in Cherish, Tenderness, and Treasure. Okay, these are just, they're just not good. I mean, granted, I guess it's sort of difficult to assess a lip gloss in like a sample pot as opposed to like in the full doe foot. But I could tell right away, like they have a, a little bit of a fake vanilla scent and they just honestly sort of reminded me of something that I might use when I was a teenager. I didn't think that the finish was really all that nice. The experience did not feel nearly as luxe as I would expect from something like Carewise. Now, mind you, there are certain Carewise products that I love, like the foundation. More recently, I've been trying the lip liners. I think that they are fantastic. The eyeliners are so, so good. This lip gloss is totally a miss for me. And I really wanted to like it because you know that I would covet the beautiful lip gloss tube and packaging. But no, I mean, I, I definitely will not be buying any Carewise lip gloss. And then the Fit Glow Beauty Lip Color Serum in the shade Go. Now, I have in the past raved about and totally loved the Fit Glow Lip Color Serum in the shade Nudie. It was a Beauty Heroes discovery. I had tried one other like dark berry shade that I didn't like all that much, but I just found Go to be so lackluster. Oh my goodness. I just basically chose the wrong color, but I also don't feel like the formula of Go was nearly as good as Nudie. I guess what I've heard from people is that it really, yeah, like it just depends on the color you get as far as how good the performance is. But I feel like I have heard a lot of people talking about how much they like this shade. It kind of looks like it's going to be a perfect sort of neutral pale pink. It shows up like nothing on the lips. And what I liked so much about Nudie is that it was almost like a lip cream. It was so much more than a lip gloss. It was really a very comfortable, very saturated, almost opaque lip cream. It didn't look glossy. It was just so nice. And I wanted that exact experience in different colors. And I didn't find it in the shade Go. However, I have heard that the shade Buff, I want to say, is the next one to go for. That that's the one that I should have gone for because that's more what I'm describing I'm looking for. So we'll see. They're very expensive. They're like $38 or $42 for a lip product, which is like very spendy. Okay, last in this category, we have the Bare Minerals Dew Mist Setting Spray. I mean, not like much to say. This was... I don't know. I think this was a Sephora perk. I decided to try it because I can kind of always use a product like this. Yeah, I don't know. It was totally not memorable. And um, I just have a million other products that I would rather use, like Maya Chia the Optimist. I've been using the Olivia Probiotic Mist as a setting spray. I think that's really nice. The Josie Marin Nirvana Mist, but 
yeah, this was, no, nothing special. All right, let's round out today's episode with just a couple hair products and a couple body products. So in the hair category, I have, again, both travel sizes of the Briogeo Rosarco, I think it's called, Blow Dry Perfection and Heat Protectant Cream. Okay, Briogeo is... They kind of feel like drunk elephant to me in a sense that if you're used to using, you know, Pantene or Garnier or things like that, then I think Briogeo is going to feel really amazing because they are a more cleanly formulated hair care brand, but they in some ways really do mimic the experience of more conventional hair care products. My main issue with Briogeo is just that I feel like they're a little bit too perfumed for my liking, but I think just over time with the hair care brands I have used, they just don't deliver the same perfumed smell that a lot of more conventional and high-end hair care products do. So I tried to use this, even though I don't heat style my hair like at all anymore. And I have to say, it's really improved the health of my hair. That's been the silver lining of never having time to blow dry curl style my hair, like put waves in it, anything. Um, My hair is so much healthier than when I used to do it all the time. So it's kind of nice to have the break, I guess. But I would definitely, I had definitely tried to use this and I could just smell it in my hair all day and not, not really in a good way. I feel like the perfumed smell of some Briogeo products that I've tried is like the kind that makes you feel like mm, almost like itchy in the nose area. And there are other quite fragranced hair products, actually, for example, like Orbe or Christophe Rabanne that I quite like, and they don't have that same quality. So I just, I'm not really a jive, I guess, with Briogeo. And then the Aveda Invati Exfoliating Shampoo. So this, if you've been following my content for a while from YouTube, I went through this big hair issue several years ago, like probably three or four years ago now. I have a video on YouTube about it that was like seven plus years of using eco skincare, or no, seven plus years of using eco hair care, hair rebellion, now what? And I had just gone through this really weird period where no matter what I was doing with my hair care routine, my scalp was uncomfortable. My hair was super like limp and acting weird. Like it just seemed like it needed more deep cleansing or exfoliating or like something. Something was just off. So I went on this quest to just add a few new products to my life. I dipped my toe back into Aveda because, you know, they're not, they do use some more conventional surfactants and fragrance and things like that. But I had always liked Aveda. I will say that I feel like the quality of the products has really declined though in the last 10 or 15 years because I used to use their stuff in the mid 2000s and I think the quality was much better then. So this is a new line. They have the Invati Exfoliating Shampoo, and it like basically did nothing for me. I had much more success with the Scalp Benefits Shampoo from Aveda, which was sort of gently clarifying. I also picked up the Christophe Rabanne Sea Salt Exfoliating Scrub, and that did like basically what I needed, which is just a very deep clarifying. Like the Bumble and Bumble Sunday Shampoo would probably be an equivalent. But yeah, I, I definitely did not have good success with the Invati line from Aveda. Okay, now a few body care products. I have several deodorants. The Kaya Naturals Takasumi Detox deodorant. So I've tried this in two scents, the Sakura Blossom and the Lime Mint. So I used these for travel because they're like little travel sizes. The Lime Mint one, I definitely preferred the scent of, but I would not say that these are the most high-performing deodorants on the market. Like I think you're much better served to get the Meow Meow Tweet baking soda free 
More recently, I'm going to be testing, I just picked it up in a Beauty Heroes order I placed, the Violets or Blue Magnesium deodorant. I'm very excited to try that. But these Kaya Naturals ones, I kind of liked them in the beginning and then they just, they're really not very effective. And I think if you're coming from a more traditional antiperspirant deodorant experience, I would steer clear of these because, you know, I... I feel like over time, my body has really adjusted to not using antiperspirants, but even I feel like I feel like I got smelly with these, which is not typically an experience I have with La Vanilla or Meow Meow Tweet, for example, or Schmitz or things like that. So the other one that I just thought was really disappointing and I had high hopes for was the Vapor Beauty Air Next Level Deodorant. The one I have here is in the scent Lavender Myrrh. So these come in three scents. There's like a ginger one, a Palo Santo one, and a Lavender Myrrh. These were featured in Beauty Heroes, which was how I got to try them. So you really want to love this product. Like in the packaging and design, they try and mimic a more traditional deodorant. It's a product that you twist the bottom and the product comes up through little holes on the top of the plastic top. I feel like there's like secret deodorants and stuff do this. Although truthfully, guys, like I don't even know like what conventional deodorant is like these days. Like what are people using? What What's even out there? I realize I sound kind of out of touch saying that. Maybe I should go look just for comparison purposes. My main issue with this is that it's too wet. So it's almost like too creamy and it leaves your underarms wet in a way that like you don't really want to put clothes on. And I find that it transfers onto clothes in an unfortunate way and leaves just too much of a residue. Yeah, I just, I didn't like the formula at all. It may have changed since Vapor was I don't know, were they acquired or something happened with them? They took on an investor, the brand completely rebranded and the deodorant is in totally different packaging. So I'm not even sure what it's like or, oh my gosh, you guys, total aside, but there's a little black squirrel that lives in our neighborhood. We have a lot of squirrels, obviously, but there's this one black squirrel and we used to see him elsewhere, like in the neighborhood. And we think he has now taken up residence somewhere on our block. And I just saw him like run across a roof and it just like (laughs) made me very happy because like how often we don't really have black squirrels around here, but there's one in our neighborhood. He's very cute and sweet. (laughs) Okay. Back to finishing up this category. This next one is kind of a bummer because I generally think this brand is just very, very good and thoughtful. And I would really direct you to check out the brand, but the Lamor Mongolia bath bombs. So I was recently sent a care package of um, some things to try. I recently had the founder and formulator behind this brand, uh, Hulan Davidorj, interviewed on the podcast. I'll link that episode. I would highly recommend you go listen. It's going to make you want to try out the soaps in particular in her line, like the sheep's tail fat oil soap and the yak's milk soap. Traditional soap making methods using tallow and ingredients that are just so nurturing to the skin, especially baby skin. I'm obsessed with them. And I love a lot of the more products, but I tried one of these bath bombs. They come three to a pack. There's like a lavender one, an orange one, and a sea breeze one. I tried the orange one, which is like sea buckthorn. So I think I also am a little bit not the best person to try something like this because I am like an intense 
bather. I have been taking therapeutic baths for like the better part of the year. I started taking Persoma baths when I was like two or three months postpartum. And from there transitioned into therapeutic baths as outlined by Dr. Linda Lancaster of the Harmonic Healing Institute. So I just, I have a very different perspective on baths than just like using a bath bomb and soaking in the tub for fun. Baths are much more kind of therapeutic and medicinal for me in a way. But I thought I would try this just to see what it was like. And it stained the bathtub really badly, which is, it it just like kind of sucks because you really don't want to take a bath and then have to clean the tub immediately after. It was hard to get off. And yeah, I just, I didn't really like the experience and there I just really wasn't the right person to try these. So unfortunately, those were a miss for me, but please don't let that dissuade you from investigating the rest of the brand. Okay, and lastly, if you have been listening to the patron-exclusive podcast episodes, you would have heard me talk about this product when I gave my honest assessment of the recent Detox Market Bliss Bundle, which they just released around Valentine's Day. The whole bundle, honestly, was pretty disappointing. So if you're in the mood to hear more disappointing products talk, you could go check out that episode on Patreon, the patron-exclusive podcast episode feed. The product I have sitting in here to tell you about is the Be Well Plant Apothecary eucalyptus and bergamot body wash, but really like all their body washes. We've tried several of these and they are just, I can't even believe that these products are being put out. Like, I guess it's like things like this that I think just don't do green beauty any service because the performance of this is so lacking as a body wash. It just, it doesn't suds at all. And because it has coconut oil in it, it's very sensitive to temperature fluctuations. So if it gets very cold in your bathroom, it's gonna like, it gets cloudy. The product gets compromised. It's not pleasant to use. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I I guess it irritates me in the sense that you're not gonna win any people over to green beauty with products like this. So if you want something similar that I think is more effective and you want something unisex, I would check out the bathing culture body wash that you can get at Beauty Heroes. I think that's a really good one. Body gel is really difficult though, in general. Like I've tried a bunch. The Olivia body wash, I like, although Kaveh doesn't really like it. And I'll just keep letting you know if I find other good ones because I do realize it's a difficult category. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today. I hope you enjoyed hearing about all this stuff. It feels actually very liberating for me. Now I have done all of my empty products clear out, which by the way, if you missed that, that's a big long video on YouTube. It was a year and a half's worth of empty products. This is like a year's worth of disappointing products. So I feel reborn and ready to, yeah, just get into content that's less about like archiving and reviewing and more sort of creative. So for example, I want to do this video where I film the cleaning out and refilling process of some K or Weiss compacts that I've had. I think I just want it to be like visually really soothing and beautiful and then do a get ready with me using these new K or Weiss products I picked up recently. I'm so excited for that. I'm going to do a video on therapeutic bathing So that'll be on YouTube. Um, Coming up on the podcast, I'm going to do an episode on sensitive skin, postpartum skin recommendations. I'm going to have a couple interviews coming out with guests I think you'll really enjoy. And if you have requests for other things you want to hear really imminently, please always feel free to send your requests. I keep a master list of your ideas running, and I obviously want to make content that's going to be 
just enjoyable for you to listen to given the situation that we're all in. I think we can just all use some good respites and there really is no better respite for me. And I know for a lot of you listening than hearing about, thinking about, talking about beauty and beautiful things. I truly think it's the antidote to what we're going through. I have so much love for all of you. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you're all doing well. I'm sending you my best and I'll look forward to seeing you here next week. Bye.